Welcome, everybody, to the Nothing But Bull podcast. I'm your host, Derek, and I'm here with my main man, Justin. Justin, what's going on? Nothing much, Bulls Nation and Derek. Um, I don't know. These games have been pretty hype for me. Like, armpits have, have been crying out because there's just so much excitement <laughs> that uh, has been building up. So it's just the nervousness and the excitement it is not a bad time to be a Bulls fan. Uh, we had some pretty dark days the last couple of seasons, but looks like the Bulls have finally started to turn things around. They're, you know, competitive most games, and that's kind of pretty much what we hope for. We actually got some wins to talk about uh, starting against the Dallas Mavericks, who decided to rest. Luka Doncic against the Bulls and well that didn't work out too much too good for them no it didn't um I I was a little taken aback in that game because I felt like uh that point guard their point guard um I think his name um he was tough yeah he's he's been tough since his college days if I'm if I'm remembering the the correct person but uh I remember him playing back in um in college, and I always thought this guy's a, a pretty tough matchup. Uh, he's not that quick. He's not explosive. Um, but with that being said, I was surprised the way um, our point guard, our starting point guard, fared in that game. Let's just say that that wasn't one of his best. At least the um, the Bulls the win. Um, so that. You know, it was a step in the right direction, but Kobe didn't have the best of, of games in that one. And also, I was a little surprised that Wendell didn't have that great of a game. Uh, it, it, to me, it just looked like his, his confidence wasn't really there with finishing around the rim and just uh, even the mid-range jumper that he had going. So it was it was pretty surprising for me because looking at that game, I thought, well, this would be an easier game for the Bulls to win. And it wasn't that easy. It, it really was a, a tight game all the way up until the fourth quarter where you saw Levine making plays and, and guys just stepping up. But, um, you know, it was a good that with a win. But it was surprising that they that it was as competitive as a game as it was, especially since Luka wasn't playing. Right. I thought the Bulls would have had a little bit of easier time against uh, the Mavericks without Luka, but you know, Zach scored, what, 29 in the first half, uh, which was uh, NBA most for the season until you know Steph Curry passed it later that night. But Zach and uh, Kobe, <laughs> they ended up <laughs> – well, that's okay if, if if Curry is passing you. That, that's okay. You yeah, know, on, on a night where Zach you know Curry's and gonna ball hard for sixty-two did. points, Steph Curry put up sixty-two by himself that night. Like when when I said it was like like um, Kobe wasn't having that big, great of a game. It was in the um, the early part of the game that he just seemed to be struggling uh, with just just getting into any type of a rhythm, but uh, really pulled it together uh, back in when they got into like the third and fourth quarter, you saw that Kobe and, and Zach, they really started to do their thing. Um, but, you know, the, the thing that I'm, I'm looking at is I was a little bit confused because I know that early in the season, um, the head coach, uh, Donovan, he was saying how, is going to have to live with just taking eight shots. And to me, I'm like, I don't understand that because Kobe is one of your, your dynamic scores and it's been pretty consistent throughout this uh, this year. So when he said that, I was kind of a little bit taken aback because I was like, well, are they trying to turn Kobe into, into this like pass first point guard who doesn't look for his shot? And that that's just not the type of player that we're used to seeing. Like, we're used to seeing this guy come out there, ball hard, 
get his shots up, allow him to get into a rhythm. And then, you know, kind of like as he's attacking the rim, he's kind of getting other guys in. Uh, so it was uh, remembering what Donovan was saying about him in early part of the year as he transitions into that starting point guard role that he didn't let the beginning get too – he didn't get too down on himself in the beginning. You know, stuff started hitting from the outside. You saw him being more aggressive. He still had – you know, a good amount of, of turnovers. You know, overall, he really finished very strong. Yeah, he ended up um, shooting 50% for the game. Uh, yeah. Four or nine from three. You know, his seven rebounds, and he had four assists. Um, Kobe's been impressing me uh, pretty much with his ability to rebound the ball. He's been kind of piling up the rebounds. Yeah, that was that was one thing that I was like looking at with um, his play and with Will's play because in order for this team to be doing anything, especially when you don't have Laurie out there, uh, who who has had a, an incredible year so far. But I was looking back at that game and I was like, man, Kobe's getting seven rebounds. Like, I was like really into that, but then I I looked over to see what Wendell Carter had. They had the same amount of rebounds. <laughs> I was like, Wendell, you're, you're not guarding anybody. Like, who are you having to cheat against? Powell? Hey, that just, it didn't make any sense to me whatsoever uh, that night, which I know, you know, young players are going to have off nights. But I was, in that game, I was really expecting Carter to, like, kind of cement himself more within the, the framework of the offense. But yeah, Kobe's been consistent from day one. Right. And uh, after the Bulls got that win against the Mavericks, they went on and they played the Portland Trailblazers. And they surprised a lot of people there because they ended up holding on and winning that game against, you know, Dame Leonard and CJ McCollum both playing. And Kobe, you know, he had a first double double with points and rebounds. He had 10 rebounds in this game. Yeah. Um, um, I was looking at that and, you know, it was it was a really timely win for this team because, you know, watching that game, Bulls down by 20. <laughs> and <laughs> I don't it's got I think it was like in the in the beginning of the second quarter, right, that it got up to a point margin. Yeah, they were down by they were down 18 at the end of the first. So, yeah. Yeah. Down 18 to 20. So, you know, that them getting down like that, it wasn't that surprising, uh, considering, again, you're going up against uh, one of the, the best backcourts in the league with McCollum and um, Dame uh, with, with the way those guys feed off of each other. But what was really surprising is that the team bonded. They didn't get down on themselves. Um you saw there were more effort plays when the the vets started coming in for their starters, which is funny. The vets have been outplaying their starters, so that's something that's got to. Uh, but when the 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 the, uh, the veteran bench started coming back in, um, you, know, you saw like that mindset of of playing more defense, uh, getting organized. The communication on the team started. Uh, to, to flow a lot better too. And they were actually able to claw back into that one. Uh, I think this team from last year, and even a lot of the Bulls players admitted, especially Zach Levine, he said uh, post game, the reporter asked, would, what would this team have been able to come from um, a deficit like this so early on? And, and Zach immediately said, um, and yeah, I think everybody around the league last year, saw how this team, they just went down early. It was just, okay, there's this defeatist attitude, and we're just going to take this as an L. It was, really, it was a good um, turnaround for this team to be able to stay the course, and eventually Portland stopped hitting shots. Bulls started rebounding better and defending better, and, you know, they came away with a victory. Yeah, um, like you said, 
as Zach Levine said, last year this team would not have been able to come back and win this game. Once they got down, they were morally dejected. They would just check out and be looking towards, you know, the next game, especially on a night where Zach really didn't have it going. Um, He was 3 of 10 from the three-point line, shot 6 for 18 overall. But what he did, he found another way to affect the game. He had nine assists because he – pretty much took over the role of being the playmaker and the point guard in that game. Yeah. And he was getting guys in spots. Um, you know, Kobe had 21. Otto had 19. Garrett Temple had 14. Patrick Williams had 14. Wendell Carter had 13. I mean, he was getting everybody involved. And then, you know, he said the Blazers, they started not hitting shots. Um, Dame Lillard had a tough time shooting especially when Garrett Temple got on switched on to him. He, he pretty much locked him up for that fourth quarter. Yep. And, and I mean, you know, especially considering the game, I know there's no game, but still, again, the Bulls are on the road. You know, they're, they're on this road trip and away from – they've actually been a, a much better team away than they have been at home. But um, they're they're on the road, and uh, again, this is not a game that the Bulls win. Period. Now, part of that is that they have a more stabilizing um, team with the veterans that they have coming off the bench. But even even looking at that, you have to counter in the fact that Worry wasn't there, Sato is not playing, Chandler's not playing, mm-hmm. Arch isn't playing. So for them to do that with those guys missing. Uh, is is really a testament to at least the the beginning marks of a turnaround for this team. Yeah, I definitely agree with you on that. Um, you know, they they also had another you know near win um, the next night against Sacramento. Um, ended up losing by four. Uh, really came down to the you know the fourth quarter. Um, I don't know if you if you saw this, but um, I think we were we were either down one or we were up one, and we had the ball, and Wendell set a screen. Wendell had his man beat, and you know if Zach made a lead pass to Wendell on the move, it could have led to an easy two. Zach takes a three, misses it, and it you know the Kings come down, they get a four point play, and you know, the that kind of pretty much decided the game, but no, it's a make or miss lead because if Zach makes that three, we're not even talking about a Wendell assist on that play. Wait, is that the, um, I think that was with like one, it was like less than a minute left. It was like maybe like a minute or so, or almost around that range where Zach came down and he just, uh, like the the offense wasn't set at all. He just came down and just took a three yeah. out of nowhere. Is that the play that you're talking about? Yeah, that's the play. Yeah, that that one. I was like, you got to be kidding me at that time taking that shot. You know, I know like Zach was having, um, you know, he was having a game. Yeah. But like to to take that particular shot with um, that amount of time, I was kind of wishing that they had run an actual play like I I think that's one of those shots and I think even even Zach will tell you look I I gotta you know be a a lot more careful things that I'm looking at this Bulls team and one of the problems that they have is like at the beginning they just don't value possessions as much as they do you know, when things start getting close, you, you like them to value possessions earlier on and make sure that they're scoring within the, the, the flow of the offense or what's clicking, who has the hot man, who is, you know, has a mismatch somewhere, looking for those, the best shot possible. But yeah, I think like that's one of those just game changers. Like you said, he misses that. And then it was that point guard was like Halliburton, right? Um, that, uh, was it Halliburton or was it? It was it, it was uh, uh, Buddy Hill. 
They got the yeah, four Buddy healed. Yeah. He got the four point play, and, and then, then Halliburton Halliburton just threw up a prayer, and it went in. Yeah, and it went. In. So I was like, uh, if you could have that back, that that will be one of those shots that I wish they. I know that Zach would rather have back. Probably tried to get something a little better. Yeah, I mean, and I, the funny thing is that Heald had a, a terrible game <laughs> that entire time. He couldn't hit anything. Right. So, like you said, it's a it's. A... Yeah, and I understand because Zach had, you know, he knocked down that deep three to pretty much, which was the game winner against the Blazers. You know, the previous yeah. game. When he comes down, but I'm like, Wendell had he had his man beat, and he just had a clear path to the basket. And Zach just made that yeah. pass. That's an easy two. Then on the defense, and you know that that um, Buddy Hield four point play, that kind of happened because Wendell had dropped too far back. Instead of coming up to challenge Hill's shot, uh, it left Temple trying to fight over the screen, and he ended up fouling them. And like you said, Hield was cold all night and just somehow made that three and it, it it was two unfortunate shots that pretty much lost the Bulls that game. Yeah. Still a, a exciting game where, you know, the Bulls competed. You know, last year I don't think we'd have said the same about the No. And if if you couple in this that game with the um the Warriors game, like you're looking at the difference of from being four and five to six and three, because a couple of plays that were made, you know, could very well have changed the outcome of both of those games. But like you said, it's a make or miss league. And last, what the Bulls were going for, they, they just, you know, that offense with um, Levine taking that shot just wasn't made. And then, like you said, Wendell dropped too far back and he wasn't to um, make up ground on heel. So Bulls are there, you know, because I'm looking at their their um, the points per game that they're averaging. Like if you look at just the Eastern Conference alone, I think it's like the Bulls are like fifth in scoring behind teams like Milwaukee and um, and I think not – not that Washington right now is a playoff team, but Washington averaging like 120 points per game. But I think somewhere, uh, if you take out the teams with the top records, you'll see that the Bulls are fifth in scoring. And also, if you look out west, um, out of the teams that are like in playoff contention right now, it's only Portland who's averaging more points per game than the Bulls are actually averaging. So just going overall, like the, the entire league, Seeing that the Bulls have a better record than um, than with like Miami, Toronto, uh, Denver, like it's <laughs> it's really surprising uh, what we're seeing from the beginning from this Bulls team, who, as I said before, is missing a lot of their key players. So all I can say is things are looking, it's starting to look up for this team moving forward. Right. Yeah. You know, I, I really wanted the Bulls to be able to pull out that win against the Kings because, you know, Kobe White had himself a game. He had yeah. 36 points, zero turnovers, and he scored his 1,000th career point. Yeah, that's crazy. And he had, like, seven assists, right? Yeah. Yeah, seven assists and no turnovers. That's that's what we look for from Kobe. <laughs> like, you know, that's what we were seeing from the – um. Like, he wasn't scoring as much, but we saw, like, what he did from last year, especially when he got inserted into the the starting offense, what he could do from a scoring standpoint. I think we definitely found that number two player that can complement Levine. Uh, The one thing that I think that Kobe would agree with, he's got to, like, his turnovers – like he's had some uh, really crazy turnovers, and he needs to make sure that he's holding on to the ball a little bit better. Maybe even improving his handle a little bit. He gets, you know, some of his uh, decision making has been questionable. But as far as from an offensive standpoint, I think that this is what we imagined.
Kobe being from what he was doing from last year. Yeah, the crazy thing is he doesn't even have to be a number two because, you know, well, when Laurie was playing before he had to enter that uh, health and safety protocol, he was pretty much the Bulls' number one scorer. So, you know, if he comes back and he's still in that same kind of attack mode, yeah, he, that's that's a good uh, problem to have. With, you know, you got Laurie, Zach, and Kobe who can all – go out there and get you a bucket. Yeah, which is something that this team hasn't consistently had since um, well, do we want to go back and say the, the Jordan years? <laughs> <laughs> like that many guys that can consistently get shots up. Um, it's been a while. Yeah, it's definitely the dynasty <laughs> days. <laughs> which is a nice problem to have, so Right. Yeah, thing things are headed in the in the much better direction. And also, you know, a lot of credit has to be given to Billy Donovan. Um right out the gate, I mean, this team was 0 and 3. And he didn't mince words with guys. He he put it on them and and basically said they need to start stepping up. You know, and with the veterans that they have on this team organizing this team together, you know, making the younger players uh, feel more uh, comfortable within offensively what they expect and also defensively uh, because that's another thing that is um, kind of like just holding this team back from progressing how we want them to progress. And I know, you know, I said at the beginning when we first did this, I was like, well, I'm not really expecting anything <laughs> from this team, uh, but a lot I am is I'm starting to to turn the corner in my mind a little bit more because I'm seeing what this team is capable of when they what they are are learning from the coaching staff and from the vets on this team. So um, I'm still not there yet, saying that they're a playoff team, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's going to be an interesting season if this if they continue to grow. Um, also with uh, Carter. If he could, if he could just be a double double man, that's all I want from Carter. <laughs> just, just grab me ten rebounds and get t- ten points. That's all I want. I think this team can be um can be a pretty team. Yeah, um, you know Billy Donovan. He he he's he's very calm on the bench. Um, you know he he's not. Standing up the whole game, screaming at the guys, uh, chasing them up and down the sidelines, getting into defensive stances on the sidelines. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he he he's in he's calm and that's instilling trust and confidence in the in these young players. Um, you know, Zach said it himself. He said, you know, Billy's calm, but he he challenges us. You know, and he, he, that's what we need. And you know, we're we're seeing the results. I mean, you no, know, we're we're four and five, but like you said, we easily could be six and three had a couple plays broke a, a different way. Um, and you, you said you, you're starting to turn the corner on what you expect from this team. Um, so I, I remind everybody of the structure of the playoffs this year. Um, the eighth, ninth, and tenth seed teams are going to be involved in a play-in, and they're going to play for those seven and eighth um, playoff spots. I, I've said from the beginning that I think that the Bulls will make the play-ins and. Uh, I'm, I'm going to hold true to that. I, I think this is a play-in team. I'm not quite sure a playoff team yet, but I, I think they can make the play-ins and maybe sneak into the playoffs. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm looking at the way things are, and I'm like, well, if you go back to, like, let's say we're looking at the standings. Remember, we were we were counting up the uh, playoff teams that we knew from last year. And um, 
you know, um, I think what is what is the Nets record this year? Because I think that they're lower, if I'm not mistaken. Then um yeah the, the the they're um they're five and four yeah they're five and four but I'm just wondering like where is their standing right now that's what I'm trying to love uh they're they're seventh seed right seventh now. seed so yeah you have a team that has Kyrie and um, Durant you know that's that's something that I expect to move up I don't expect the Knicks to be there I don't know what Tom Thibodeau is doing. <laughs> like I, I don't know who like what kind of uh voodoo he's practicing or whatever but uh yeah i don't expect the the knicks to be the number five seed moving forward the same thing with the orlando i don't know what orlando is doing but orlando just lost bolts for the year uh, yeah i can't explain how the knicks are five and three i just i don't know and it's the same team. Like I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> he is. I mean, it's tough. Pivotal. He 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 gets these teams uh, that you expect to underperform, and you know he he grinds them out. Uh, they they kind of run out of energy during the playoffs, but he's a good regular season coach. Um, you know, of course. He's got Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett uh, leading the league in minutes. <laughs> That's a big surprise there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he, he, Tibbs will play his best players, and you know he 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 might go with a six man <laughs> rotation if he has to. Oh, the good old days of Tibbs. But uh, oh, but I. <laughs> I, I yeah, I don't expect the Knicks to be a fifth seed. Yeah, that's like it's really surprising. And the Cleveland Cavaliers, I know, you know that team just with what they had from last year because they really didn't add. You know, I don't think they added any big time bets to that team. But um, yeah, I think they're even doing that without um. Who's that power for? Kevin Love. I think Kevin Love has been um, – he's, like, going to be out for weeks. So I don't expect Cleveland in the position that they're in. Yeah. Um, if, if the season ended today, the Bulls are in the plan because of their attempt seed. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, man, I, I, you know, it, it's going to kind of get – come down to to health with this health safety protocol um you know with the coronavirus um i think like the whole um 76ers has to quarantine in brooklyn because of um contact tracing one of their players tested positive during that yeah i think it was seth curry he was on the bench and they came back with a test i don't what do you tell the players happen like you're just sitting on the bench during a timeout or as play is going on and you know the guy just taps you on the shoulder like i like i wonder if like um people like like keeping an eye on that man like there has to be a designated man who comes and taps shoulder taps the players on the shoulder is like (laughs) hey i gotta speak with you for a second (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm guessing it would be the mid guy. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't want that job. Neither would I. But uh, this this is going to um, be a crazy year. So, like right now, anything can happen because we don't know how people are going to be affected with this um, with the COVID. With the Bulls, it's like at least think and trace back to um, it was Hutchinson, right, who had COVID. Uh, Hutchison and Sadoransky both. Because I thought Sadoransky was like exposed uh, to it, but didn't have it. But I'm, you're saying that it was both of those guys. Yeah, uh, it was before one of either the Blazers or the Mavericks game. Billy um, Donovan confirmed that Sadoransky also had COVID. Um, 
I know Lori does not have it. He's registered for negative tests. Um, I'm not sure how much longer he's going to have to sit out from that contact tracing. Hopefully we'll have him back soon. Um, But this is the thing. If you have the whole team quarantined, are you you canceling their games? Do, Do they have to forfeit? Like, I don't know, like, um, because I th- I think it's about an eleven day period that they have to be quarantined in the NBA. I, you know, I that's interesting to find out, like, because if you're looking around sports, like, like here in Florida, because um, you know, they have the Marlins playing, and there was like a time where they were just, I think they had like eleven guys that got called up from the minor leagues to play to play a couple of games. And some of the games, like, I think were forfeited. So just looking at MLB, it's been, it's been just incredible with what teams have had to go through. As far as the, um, you know, we see from the NFL, you see, like, what was that? Um, I think it was, the, like, the Broncos that had to play a game without a quarterback. <laughs> um, <laughs> Cleveland had to, to play an entire game without – all of their starting wide receivers. So I don't know what's going to be going on um, with the NBA. Cause at least in the NFL, you have like time that you can be doing, they're doing the testing every day. And then they have like either a week or maybe another week before they have to play their next game. But in the NBA, especially with having back to backs, I don't, I don't know what you do. Like, do they call in the two way players or, or what? I have no idea. <laughs> I, I don't think they have enough two-way players <laughs> to call in for for uh, the Sixers. Just the whole team is you know quarantining in Brooklyn. But um, apparently, the Mavericks have also learned of a positive test for a player, and two additional players are going to have to quarantine, and they are quarantine in Denver. They have to re- remain behind in Denver. Um, this is right before their flight out of there. Wow. It's for, to go from Denver back to Dallas. I don't know. This is going to be like a strange year where whoever's healthiest will probably win the, the title. <laughs> right. Um, you know, getting back you know, to the Bulls, uh, they have a game tonight against the defending champion LA Lakers. Yeah, you know, looking at that game, I'm not like just coming from a Bulls fan's perspective. Like, I'm not looking at that game as like, oh, the Bulls can't win this game or make it competitive. And the reason why I'm looking at that is because yeah, I know obviously the um the uh, Lakers have like the two best players arguably in the NBA on their team, uh, or at least two of the top five players, you know, if you want to like put that up for argument's sake, but looking at the Lakers, like everybody was talking about the additions that the Lakers have made and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, this team, like they've won, you know, um, six games so far, but I'm, I haven't been impressed with, from what I've been seeing from the Lakers as a whole, they lost a good amount of talent. Uh, and a, lo- a good amount of defensive players on that team. And uh, looking at this Bulls uh, team, like they're not going to have to go up there and be facing like um, a JaVale McGee or a Dwight Howard. Like they've, they've lost the whole, like the, their centers that were backing that team up from last year aren't with the team right now. So this is definitely a game where the Bulls have to try to, get to the basket and get to the free throw line. I think that that's what they'll probably focus on. At least that's what I think they should focus on. Trying to get to the rim. Yeah, uh, definitely agree. Uh, and start thing is the Lakers are coming off of a back-to-back. So they've listed three players as questionable for tonight. Who is that? Those three. Uh, uh, Codwell Pope, okay. AD, and LeBron. Are you serious? Yes. Hmm? AD and LeBron. Wow. Well, and KCP all questionable. Well, 
if that happens, there is no reason why the Bulls shouldn't win that game. <laughs> I did not know that those th- three of their starters were um, <laughs> were listed as questionable. <laughs> yeah, they they listed them as questionable about thirty minutes ago. Wow. It makes me wonder if, like, the rest of the league is looking at the Bulls and just saying, oh, we could take our top guys off for a night and we'll still be able to come out with a win. I'm wondering if that's, like, the mindset that a lot of these teams are looking at the Bulls team because they have that thinking of what this team was from last year. I mean, the Mavericks did it and it didn't work out for them. No, it did it. Um. No, and you you probably could do that last year against the Bulls, but this isn't last year, and you know you're gonna have like Kobe White against um, Dennis Schroeder. Yeah, <laughs> um, I, I I'm not in fear of this game at all. If you got to watch Dennis out for Schroeder Caruso, be your main guy. <laughs> <laughs> Caruso's lurking around the corner in a couple hours. <laughs> no, if, if your your main guys are going to be Dennis Schroeder and old uh, Mark Gasol, um, I don't see why the Bulls can't go in and get this win. Yeah, you know, even even if their guys like LeBron and AB play, I don't see the Bulls like being out of this game. I, I I just don't, and like you said, the Lakers just haven't been impressive with, you know, they gave up Rajon Rondo, who was huge for them in the playoffs with his defense and, you know, playmaking. Rondo just, you know, he understands the game of basketball and how to make the game easier for everybody. You lose him, you lose JaVale McGee, and Dwight Howard, who are your main presence on the inside, you're replacing with a uh, aging Marc Gasol and Montez Harold. Um, well, I was surprised. It's like six foot six. Like I, I had yeah. no idea that Montez Harold. And granted, you know he he cemented himself as an NBA player by being a six man. Um, you know, being always at the around that conversation as six man of the year. But like I even like, you know, I've been taken aback by how bad of a defensive player he is. He's he's just not very good on defense at all. So um yeah, there's there's no reason there's no no interior defense for that Lakers team that I don't think the Bulls can take advantage of. Yeah, they should they should definitely be able to take advantage of it. Um especially Zach and Kobe, they should be able to pretty much get to the rim, you know, and draw fouls pretty easily, you would think. Yeah. So that, you know, that's a, t- a game that the Bulls could uh, win. Then also you said that um, on Sunday they play, it was the Clippers, you said? The, yes, they play the Clippers on Sunday. I wonder if they'll be doing load management with some of their stars. <laughs> I mean, we know Kawhi is pretty much always a possibility for load management. Oh, but no, Paul George has been playing great to start the season. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's still Paul George, though. Like, I've, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I don't want to take anything from what he does in the regular season, but, you know, the playoff time, he kind of um, loses his touch, for lack of a better phrase. <laughs> playoff yep, P. Playoff P. <laughs> uh, the only thing is we, we're we not contending with playoff P. We got a regular season. <laughs> <ball short. laughs> that is true. Um, they also got you know Serge Ibaka down there, so that's a yeah, that's big time defensive presence. That's big time. Yeah. When you have like guys like Kawhi and and um, Paul George on the perimeter, um, and then you have a, a anchor in the middle in Serge Ibaka, that's you know it's not going to be an easy game for the Bulls at all in that one. 
Uh, the only the only yeah, thing I when... do say is that they do not have a starting point guard on that team. Um, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of that that point guard. Like he's from Chicago. Uh, Patrick Beverly. Talking about Patrick Beverly. Yeah, he is not a starter on any team <laughs> in the league. Oh, might be like your second or third rotation guy, <laughs> but uh, he's not a starter <laughs> by any means. Does not know how to run the offense at all. So that that's going to be an interesting game to see if Kobe White might shot might um you know can continue with the um the numbers that he's been putting up. Yeah, Beverly has been having a pretty rough start uh to the season. He is, is leading the league, I believe, in personal fouls, and I think he only has about six steals. Wow. Yeah, um, you know, but like I said, with Serge being down there, that anchor, uh, Wendell's gonna have to be on his A game. Yep. Mm. Th- this would be one of those games where, like, I would definitely say Wendell has to establish himself somehow, find a way to establish himself down low, and guard the perimeter because we know that Serge likes to leak out to the three point line, and and you know he's. Been, been pretty adept at making those three, so we'll see what's going on with the Bulls in these these uh, next two matchups with the Lakers and the Clippers. Yeah, Ho- hopefully some solid screen setting. <laughs> Since you uh, pointed out on the last podcast, I was I've been watching Wendell. I'm like, these are the laziest screens I've ever seen. <laughs> Aren't they? I was like, am I losing my mind and seeing? That this guy sets like the worst screens. Felicio sets better <laughs> screens than Wendell does. Like, don't, don't, you know, <laughs> don't put Felicio down. Like, there is one thing that he does rather well. It's set an appropriate screen. Like, there are some times where I'm like, Wendell, he plays like he's six foot three. I just, <laughs> I don't get it. Oh man, I just don't get it. It, it was the game against the Bla- the Blazers, and I'm sitting there. I'm like, I'm watching Wendell, and he's just setting these weak screens. And then Fad, he he's trying to slip every screen he sets, so he doesn't really fully set a screen before he rolls. I'm like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> Coincidentally, Wendell had set probably the best screen of his career in that game, where he. <laughs> Knock Damian Lillard on his ass, and you're like, "Why don't you do that every screen?" Yeah, I, I don't get it. it it's funny because you hear about these guys like lifting weights, and you know, like Lori was supposed to be like be lifting weights and building this, you know, better body to go down low. Window, he put on he put on weight a good amount of weight. What is he like up to two? 70 or something like that i think he is um yeah and i'm like how do you set the laziest screens <laughs> i've ever seen even like back in when john stockton was playing i don't know if you remember john stockton um watching him in the playoffs but even throughout the year if you go back and you look at some of those plays uh for the the utah jazz stockton used to set some of the most wicked screens <laughs> on people down low and I'm like he needs to go and watch tapes of John Stockton <laughs> setting a screen like seriously <laughs> like man yeah uh, I, I, I'm like just just do the screen that you did on Dame Lillard like every game because <laughs> he obviously can do it it's just he doesn't put the effort into their screens no, it, it's such a simple thing to do. Like even like when you were watching um Zabonis and even um uh it was I, I have a, a hard time pronouncing that Portland Center's name. Um, um about Nurkic, Yukis, I think. Nurkic, yeah. It's, it's Yusuf Nurkic, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I'm like even Nurkic, who's not setting the best screen, and in that game, I don't know if anybody saw. He got away with a lot of moving screens. I don't know how 
the refs <laughs> missed it. Like every single screen, he was leaning his body out further to make it even harder for uh, whoever was depending, uh, defending the, the pick and roll was. But I'm like, even Nur- uh, Nurkic can set a decent screen. I don't understand why it's so hard for Wendell to set a proper screen on a regular basis. Like, those are the types of things I'm like, I wish the big man would focus on. Not trying to shoot three-pointers. It is setting screens, rolling to the rim, grabbing rebounds, blocking shots. I'm like, I I don't get it. Right. Um, In regards to the moving screen, that's another thing that had me just sitting at the TV screaming, so you're not going to call this? (laughs) He's moving. (laughs) Yes. Every single play that he went to set a screen, I would say not everyone, but at least like maybe 80, 90 percent of the time, the screen was moving. And I'm like, are you guys seeing anything? Is it not? Is is someone just just missing that all together? And like even it's not just the, the screen setting. It's the um uh, for other teams. It's uh, the five second. Rule. Yeah. Why, why is that not being <laughs> There have been plenty of times where guys have been trying to involve the, um, the pass against the Bulls, and I'm like, is there not someone with a clock? <laughs> Are you got do it saying one Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi? Like, what is going on? Which really, in, in my opinion, this goes back to respect. I don't think the team's um, this year are respecting the Bulls enough. And I, I think that that also carries over to the ref, the referees who are calling the game. I don't think the Bulls have earned the respect of the refs um, as of yet. Like you've seen more consistent calling for the refs um, these past couple of games, but that's also something that this young team needs to, um, to learn. They have to earn the respect of these refs and they have to over-exaggerate things. When you see a guy setting a screen like that, you have to be like Dame Lillard or LeBron James, who just falls to the floor like somebody shot him <laughs> from, uh, you know, 12 feet away with a sniper rifle or something. <laughs> just fall on the ground. Like, there were plenty of times that down low, that window was just getting bodied and bodied. And I'm like, for him to get bodied like that, a guy who's 270 pounds, the, 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 um, the guy with the ball has to really be punching or pushing a window in the chest pretty hard to get him off of his set. So I'm like, you know, that that's a, another thing where I'm like, they, they have to earn the respect of these referees. It's, it's, just, it's not just the uh, NBA players and former N- NBA players in, in uh, Charles Barkley coming out and saying <laughs> the Bulls are the worst team in the league. But um, yeah, it's it's gonna be an uphill battle for this team moving forward as they try to get some more respect from from the league in general. Yeah, I don't know what Charles Barkley is watching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know either. Um, yeah, but we'll we'll leave that for another show. <laughs> um, yeah, um, after the Bulls take on the. Lakers and the Clippers, they played the Boston Celtics on Tuesday. Um they're you know, they're they're gonna be out there bigs. Uh Robert Williams tested positive for COVID and Tristan Thompson and Grant Williams will have to be in quarantine for contact tracing for wow. at least seven days. So the Celtics aren't gonna have any bigs, you know, unless they call up um Taco Falls. <laughs> that's that's what everybody wants to see is a large taco. <laughs> but yeah, a- again, that's a a team like Boston is uh they've won six games but they haven't been playing, you know, as well as their record states. Just even looking at their their points um point turnover, the differential is like one point. So like it's been a lot of close games. Like nothing has come easy for this the Celtics team. And even you know that they're going to be possibly without their bigs. They still don't have Kimball Walker uh, for the foreseeable future just yet. So that's still another game that this 
a young Bulls team can actually pull out. They just got to show up. Right. Um, That's all it is. It's about showing up on a regular basis. Yeah, I mean, the Celtics have that record pretty much because Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum have been playing out of the world. Yeah. You, you, yep. you get a, a off night from them, and <laughs> good luck with the Celtics. Yep. So it'll be it'll be interesting how this team stacks up against some of the better the better teams in the league. Definitely uh, against playoff bound teams. So we'll see. Yeah, I mean, you know, the schedule pretty much doesn't get easy. <laughs> no. So, but then again, you see what this again, Bulls team has been without a starter and a, a bunch of rotational guys. Right. So. So as we, it, it works both ways. Yeah, as we said, Bulls Nation, prepare for the worst <laughs> and hope for the best. <laughs> exactly, that's the motto. <laughs> Just got any final thoughts? No, I uh, just uh, I'll at uh, at what sports on Twitter? All right, and you, know, you can follow me at Young Jordan on Twitter. Follow the podcast uh, Twitter at Bull Nothing N O T H I N. Um, you know, and we're gonna go in and you know catch this Laker game later, and you know the the other two games we talked about, and we hope to get back to you guys soon. Um, you know, until next time, you know this is the only podcast where you're gonna hear us talking about nothing but bull. Tennis game over, the horn blow.